The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Take your Bibles with me. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's begin reading at verse number 10. Let's save some time. Uh, We'll start at verse 10. We read here, When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he hath given thee. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God, and not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes, which I command thee this day. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, and when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied, then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led thee through the, that great and terrible wilderness, wherein were fiery serpents and scorpions and drought, where there was no water, who brought thee forth water out of the rock of flint, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do, to do thee good at thy latter end. And thou say in thine heart, My power and the might of my hand hath gotten me this wealth. That's a sad testimony right there. Moses is warning them. He said, beware. He said, beware when you're in your land of promise and your, 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 your cupboards are filled and, and your bellies are full and your flocks are multiplied and, and all that you possess <laughs> is multiplied. He warned them to beware lest they forget God. And, and if that weren't bad enough, he says in verse 17, then you'll come to the point where you'll say, look at it again. He, you'll say, my power and the might of mine hand have gotten me this well. Beware. Beware. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. I pray you strengthen the pastor and bless him as he, I know he'd prefer to be here standing in his pulpit preaching your word, and I, 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 I wish he could do that tonight. So I pray you bless him, but then bless us as we meet here tonight for this, this message, and, and just strengthen us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> now, I was actually, <laughs> I was going to preach this message on the last Sunday night of this month. This month has five Sunday evenings, and <laughs> in Sundays, in months with five Sundays, I filled the pulpit for the pastor on the fifth Sunday night. So I had actually prepared this message to preach on the Memorial Day weekend. Hence the title, Remind Me, Dear Lord. But I believe it's just as applicable tonight as it would have been two weeks ago. So we'll go ahead and go with it. And uh, I also prepared a very slim message. That doesn't mean anything, but I prepared a slim message. 
because I, I knew it would be a holiday evening and I didn't think there'd be a lot of people here. So hopefully I'll be brief and we'll be able to, to, to get on with our evening. But each year on the last Monday of May, we set aside a day to memorialize the great sacrifice made by American soldiers over the years. Now, this Memorial Day holiday is to, is to remember the ultimate sacrifice. We, we, we honor veterans and those that have served on Veterans Day. But on Memorial Day, we remember those that have given their life on battlefields around this world to purchase and preserve the freedoms, the democracy, and the posterity of our future generations of America. And that's a wonderful time. It's a wonderful time for us to remember back and be thankful for the price that people have paid so that we could meet together in, in, a, in a church house free tonight, free from the tyranny of the government and the, the prosecution of, of, of preaching truth. We, we have that liberty, we have that freedom tonight, and many other freedoms, because men and women gave their life to provide it and to preserve it. It was our third president, Thomas Jefferson, who said, the tree of liberty needs to be watered from time to time with the blood of patriots and tyrants. What Jefferson is saying is freedom has to be paid for constantly. The liberties we have in America, we constantly have to pay for them from generation to generation because there's always tyrants out there who want to take it and there's always patriots who want to preserve it. And unfortunately, freedom must be purchased with blood. Freedom and liberty are always preceded by sacrifice and commitment. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have freedom without people sacrificing their lives and ultimately their death. Now, just as freedom and liberty that we enjoy as American citizens came at a great cost, tonight I want us to remember so also the freedom and liberty that we enjoy as believers. A great cost was paid for, the, for our, our uh, spiritual freedom. However, we so easily forget as we read just a moment ago, Moses is warning Israel that they had better be careful or they would forget the great work and mighty hand of God. And that is so true in our nation tonight, isn't it? People forget. I can remember on 9-11, and I remember how, how people were, were so behind our nation and how people were so, so appalled by what had happened. And I can remember, I can remember the, the wave of emotion that swept across America and, and, and the, the sense of, of pride in America and, and, and the feelings that people had. And here we are now, what is it, 50, 14 and a half years later? Not so much of a big deal anymore, is it? Why? 
because people forget. There's an old saying, time heals all wounds. You ever hear that? But you know what else time also does? Time erases our memory. And unless we revisit these things from time to time, we'll forget them. We'll forget them. So tonight, I want us to take a look at trying to remember. Looking back at the great sacrifice that Jesus paid, and I want us to remember that tonight. Now, as a high school teacher, I I used to be amazed at how few of my students transferring in from the public schools had any, knew anything about great truths from American history. It, It amazed me. I would talk about things like the Boston Tea Party, and they'd look at me, what's that? Paul Revere. I remember one day talking about Paul Revere, and someone said, who was Paul Revere? You see, that particular issue in our nation is a result of a lack of teaching. We we stop teaching in the schools uh, about about our American heroes, about the men and women who who laid the foundation of America. And and we, we quit teaching those things. And so young people are growing up with no knowledge of that, with with very little knowledge of it. And the same danger exists tonight concerning the great spiritual truths. We, we are, if we fail to teach, and if we fail to revisit this, this great truth tonight, then we will forget. And we will become, as Moses warned, we will get to the point where we will say, it's my own power. And my own hand that got me where I am today. I heard one time a man said, you know, I'm a self-made man. Someone else said, well, I'm sure glad you're not blaming God for that. And that's what we are in America. We're a bunch of of self-satisfied, self-promoting people. Now, not all of us. You know, I realize tonight, you are, the, you, you are the foundation of our church. You are the backbone of our church. You're the people that we can count on. And, and, and I, 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 I know each of you, and I'm so thankful for each of you. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily preaching at you tonight when I say those things. But it's important, even though, even though you may be some of the most faithful members of our church, it's important that we don't forget. It's important that we remember because we're the ones that have to teach the children and, and lead the others and, and promote these things and talk about these things and, and live these things in order that we might perpetuate this freedom that we have in our nation tonight and in our churches tonight. You realize the day could come? You realize the day could come when a man like me won't be able to stand in a pulpit and preach a message like this? You realize the day may come when when they may say to men like Pastor Creek, Pastor, I'm sorry, wow, boy, that was a, that was a Freudian slip, like Pastor Smith and, and myself, if you stand in that pulpit and preach that way, we're going to lock you into jail. 
So be it. Amen? We'll preach. But the danger does exist. Paul warns us in 2 Timothy, he told Timothy, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses. The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And unless we are diligent, unless we are diligent to study and teach the word of God, these truths will fade out of our memories. Now I want you to understand, Moses is talking to this group in Deuteronomy, and they, listen, they're on a high right now. These people in Deuteronomy at this time period in Israel's future, or in Israel's past, they were at a spiritual high. They were probably in the best shape they were ever, they were ever for 40 years. These people were, were in a spiritual sense at this time in Deuteronomy. <clears throat> so Moses is speaking to, to people who are in the midst of a revival, and he's saying, you better watch out. Because, listen, your best chance to fall flat on your face is when you're at the top. So we need to be careful. So we must remember. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 we read, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. We can see from this verse the importance of you and I studying, meditating upon, and and discussing and teaching our children the Word of God. So tonight, let us remember, and I've got just a couple of things I want to say, and we'll be done. So number one tonight, let us remember, first of all, let us remember the cost. Let us remember the cost. I'd like for you to turn with me, please, to John chapter 19. So I'll go to John chapter 19. And let's take a look at just a a few verses. We'll go to verse number 28, John chapter 19, verse 28. We read in verse 28, After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar, And they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. We see here the great cost of our spiritual liberty. What was the the ultimate cost of our liberty? Well, it was the death of Jesus on the cross. And here in John chapter 19 and verse 30, we see that Jesus physically dies. He gave his life. It wasn't taken from him. You need to make, you need to understand, no one took Jesus' life. 
Jesus gave his life. He gave it up. No man on earth could have taken anything from our Savior. When they came, when they approached him to arrest him in the garden, he said, I am he. And what happened to everyone? They all fell back down as, as if they were dead. You know, I, I just recently read the Lou Wallace book, Ben-Hur. I don't know, have any of you ever read that book? I figured you probably did, right? What a great book that is. That is such great literature. I, I think every, every school student in America should be, that should be required reading. And he, he narrates this and depicts this in the book, and, and, and Judah Ben-Hur is relating the story, and he was present in the garden, and, and he describes how that when Jesus said, I that you, I that you seek are he, am he, all of the soldiers in the army fell down and were all just completely motionless. No one could, no one could touch Jesus if, if he didn't want them to. Jesus wasn't killed. He gave his life a sacrifice. That's such a beautiful picture, isn't it? It's sad, and, and we mourn when we think about our Savior being brutally beaten and, and so viciously treated. The torment that he, he faced in the, in, the, in the performance of the crucifixion, it's, it's, it's heart-wrenching and it's, it's so saddening, but at the same time, there's so much to rejoice in and be thankful for. Because Jesus gave his life for us. He gave his life for the will of the Father so that we would be redeemed and and restored into fellowship with with God the Father. What What a beautiful thing. We need to remember the cost. You know, I read something once concerning free And I read this, nothing is truly free. Someone has to pay the price. Did you ever think about that? Nothing is completely free. Someone had to pay a price. Now maybe you didn't have to pay the price, but someone did. And such is the case with our salvation. We are free tonight, but there was a cost that was paid. It wasn't paid by you and I, but it was paid by the Lord. Now, I I did a little research and I found out that there have been 2,757,196 Americans killed in wars ranging from the Revolutionary War to the Gulf War. That's a lot of people. 2,757,196. And yet, I have to say that tonight, there are far too many Americans who do not value the freedom that we have. Over 2.7, almost 2.8 million people gave their life for our freedom, and yet there are still people in this country who have no appreciation for the freedom we have. That's a sad thing. 
Far too many Americans don't value this freedom because it was given to them and didn't cost them anything. You know, people tend to people tend not to not to appreciate things that they don't have to pay for. That's that's the American uh, greed. And 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 sometimes we don't appreciate too much something that didn't cost us anything. What do we sometimes say? If we lose it, we say, oh, well, it really didn't cost me anything anyway. So I didn't really lose anything, did I? Well, how about applying that to the freedom we have as, as an American? Didn't cost me anything, so it doesn't matter if I lose it. Yeah, but what about the 2.8 million people who did give their life so that we would have freedom? Isn't, isn't that worth something? Isn't that a value that we should place? Uh, our salvation was free also. It did not require any effort on our part. Let's go together to Romans chapter 5. Go with me, please, to Romans chapter 5. We're going to turn just a little bit to Scripture tonight, but I'm almost halfway through already, so we're, we're in good shape. Romans chapter 5, and uh, let's go over to, to verse number 15. We read here, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the, gra- the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, has abounded unto many. And not as it, as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Yes, you see, the cost in our spiritual freedom, the cost for our our American freedom was 2,757,000 lives. But the cost for our spiritual freedom was one. One life. Jesus died once. And that is sufficient. That is sufficient for all of God's elect saints. The one death of Christ. Oh, salvation is wonderful, isn't it? You remember, you remember when that moment you got saved? I do. I, I relive it every day in my mind. I, I remind myself every day about my, my, my moment of salvation. I remember it so, so clearly and so plainly. It was so exciting. When I walked out that little church that morning and I, I looked up at the sky, I'd never seen, it's like I was seeing the sky for the first time. Huh? I heard the birds singing. It was, it was, it was almost like a sound I'd never heard. I looked at, I observed the beauty of creation and all that God had given us. I was beginning life anew and afresh. And everything was so wonderful, wasn't it? Am I the only one that experienced that? You guys are all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. But then the cares of this life and troubles and problems and months turn in. To, to, to years and years pass by. and One day you wake up and find that you've gotten over the thrill of being saved. 
It's not so wonderful anymore. It's not so special anymore. In fact, sometimes you even contemplate that it might be easier if you had never gotten saved. That you could have continued living your life the way you were and, and maybe, maybe situations in your life would be better. Again, you're all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. But I know you do. Oh, let me tell you. I was talking with Jorge a little, a little bit ago and I told him I was going to mention it. I fear that too many professing Christians today, what have they done? They've simply added Jesus to their life. It's, it's almost like being a, a polytheist. You know what a polytheist is? Someone who has many gods. And, and, and many Christians today, that's what they've become. They've become polytheists. They've just, they've just added Jesus to their life and made him another one of their little bitty gods. Now, they have their god of their career. They have their god of money. They have their god of entertainment and their god of sports. And they have their god of, of, of vacations and their God of this and their God of that. And they've added Jesus to their list of gods. And on each, each day of their life, they, they stop to see, well now, which God gets priority today? Is it the job or is it, is it oh, there's a Niner game. i got to go to that today. I'll catch you next Sunday, God. We'll just slide you down the list a little bit here. And that's what happens in so many Christians' lives today. They, instead of revolving their life around Jesus and making Jesus the focus of their entire life, they just add him to their life. They, they slide his, in, in a manner of speaking, slide his picture in their wallet. I got Jesus now. And they go on about life. Again, you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. And I, I, I'm, I rejoice with you if you don't have that problem, but you know that problem exists all around us. Their devotion to God is no greater than their devotion to any of their other gods. And they don't appreciate the salvation that they have because it didn't cost them anything. And because it didn't cost them anything, they forget about it. But my salvation cost Jesus a great deal. And it is time that we start living our life to his glory and his honor. It's, it's time that we remember the cost that Jesus paid. And it's time that we, we place him where he ought to be in our lives, right in the center. Because, let me just tell you this, you wouldn't have a life if it weren't for Jesus. And I'm not talking about this physical life we live on earth. I'm talking about your eternal state. You would not have any hope. You would not have any future if it were not for Jesus and the price he paid. So first tonight, let us remember the cost. But then secondly, I want to say this. Perpetuate his message. As we... As we look at the great sacrifice made by so many American soldiers, we remember the cost they paid. We, 
we, we remember what they gave up. They gave up their life. They gave up their dreams. They gave up their hopes. They gave up their future. They laid it all on the line and they sacrificed it for the, for the freedom that we have as, as Americans. They gave it all. They paid the ultimate price. But we also need to understand that Jesus, too, paid that ultimate price. And we need to not only remember the cost, but we need to perpetuate his message. Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Let's all go together. Mark chapter 16. And we're going to read two verses. Verses 15 and 16. Mark chapter 16, verse, beginning at verse number 15. And he said unto them, now this is Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. We're to perpetuate the message of Jesus. He told us to go out into the world and and to be a witness unto him, to preach the gospel. Now, we do that in our community. We do that through our local church pulpit here. We also do that through missions. We support missionaries to go around the world and, and preach the gospel. We do that in our everyday life. When I was putting this thing together, I, I, I was thinking about soldiers and I was thinking about war and, and death in, in war and the price that soldiers pay. And I'm not a big, huge movie, movie watcher. My daughter's back there. She can tell you. I, I don't watch movies a lot. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not looking for the box office hits to go see which one to see next. But I did see one movie uh, several years ago Maybe you saw it too. Saving Private Ryan. Any of you ever see that movie? Saving Private How many of you don't want to admit you saw it, but you did see it? Uh, Saving Private Ryan. And, and of course, uh, this movie is somewhat based on truth because the Ryan Act was, in, was passed in, in World War II stating that two brothers uh, cannot be in the same battlefield, that you know, the, the military can't have them both and, and things like that. But anyway, in this movie, they were trying to go and find Private Ryan because his other two brothers had been killed on the Normandy battlefields, and so they were trying to find him and get him out of there and get him back home uh, to his family. And they were trying to find Private Ryan, of course, and, and they have this, this big thing. They finally find him, and he's entrenched in a battle in France, and, and he won't leave, and so they've all got to stay there with him and fight the battle and help him try to, and try to get him out of there and and Tom Hanks has, has a part right at the end when Tom Hanks gets killed. He gets shot and he's, he's sitting there on the road and, and, and James Ryan comes up to him and looks at him in the face and he says, earn this. Earn this. Now, you and I, we can't earn eternal life. We understand that. And we can't, I can't, there's nothing I can, I can't pay Christ. I can't pay him back. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid the debt that I owed and I cannot return to him what he paid for that debt. 
But he doesn't want me to either. He didn't ask me to pay him back. But I'm still obligated. I need to earn. I need, I need, if you understand what I'm trying to say, I need to earn the love that Jesus showed to me. When I turned 18, I felt the best way I could memorialize the sacrifice made by the over 2.7 million, and it wasn't that many yet then, but anyway, who died for my freedom was to enlist in the armed forces and offer myself for our liberty. Now, I served during peacetime and wasn't put in peril and didn't, didn't have to sacrifice my life. But you know what? I would have been willing to because I owe a debt. As an American, I owe a debt as an American to those that provided the freedom and liberty that we have. Now, don't get me wrong. As I said, I'm not saying we can do anything to earn our salvation or earn the love of Christ. However, there are a lot of things we can do to honor the Lord's sacrifice. And that's what I mean when I say perpetuate his message. We need to live our lives, you and I. We need to live our lives to honor and glorify the one who paid the price for our spiritual liberty. We need to honor and glorify the Lord in all things. So let me share three thoughts with you and we'll be done. Number one, our letter A. We are to walk in worthiness. Walk in worthiness. Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. That ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. We're not to live as children of darkness, but we're to live as children of light. We're just to do right. We're to do right in everything. Be honest. Be fair. Be be ethical. Be equitable. We're to be good citizens. We ought to vote. I talk to so many Christians who don't vote. And, you know, voting for me is important. Because... Those, those soldiers who died on foreign soil died so that I had the right to vote. And if I don't vote, I basically I just tell them, big deal, you died, so what? Let somebody else make the decisions, I don't care. No, we have, we have some responsibilities as American citizens, don't we? We have, some, we have some responsibilities to not bury our head in the sand and ignore what's happening around us, but to be aware of what's going on and, and to, to stand up for truth and righteousness and to speak out. Not to be fanatical, not to be a, a, a maniac about it, but we have an obligation. We have a responsibility. And we owe, we owe that to those who die so that we could have that freedom. Quit letting the, quit letting the, the liberals and the, the American haters run this country and those of us who who honor those men and women who died for America and who believe in, in, in justice and liberty, let us stand up and let our voice be heard. And when it comes to our Christian faith, faith, the same thing is true. Let your position be known among those around you. Again, don't be a, don't be a, a, a nut about it. 
But let, let the truth be known. Walk in worthiness. And then let her be live in obedience. 1 Samuel chapter 15, Samuel states, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. We're to live our life in obedience. Soldiers who die in battle uh, died in obedience. They died in obedience to their country's call. How many, how many young men and, and young women died in, in Vietnam because their country called them to go there? And they were obedient. And they were dedicated. And they were loyal. And they were faithful. Well, those of us who are living certainly ought to live in obedience. And we ought to live in obedience to our Savior's call. Remember, Jesus told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Again, this comes back to many people just adding Jesus to their list of, of little gods. Well, okay, well, you know, when I, when I have a free Sunday, I'll pop in for church. And, uh, you know, I'll maybe, if I, if I don't forget it, I'll bring my Bible. And, um, yeah, you know, if the restaurant's empty, I'll pray for my meal. No, we, we should, listen, we need to live our lives in obedience. Jesus died in obedience, by the way. Did you know that? Philippians chapter 2. The Bible says that Jesus, being found in the fashion as a man, humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus was, he, he died in obedience. So shouldn't we live in obedience? And then lastly, serve in humility. Serve in humility. John chapter 13. If, you, if I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, Neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. Now I love this next verse. If you know these things, happy are ye if you do them. We're to serve in humility. We're to serve each other. Jesus, God's will is that we would love one another. We talked about this in Sunday school a couple of weeks ago. How that God's will is for you and I to love one another. And we're to serve. Jesus said, I washed your feet, so you should wash others, each other's feet. What he's doing there is he's, he's showing an example of service. An example of serving one another. An example of being humble amongst each other. Not, not thinking ourselves above anyone else. Not being too proud to get our hands dirty in service for the Lord. We need to serve in humility. There are things I do to honor the, the soldiers who, who, who paid their, gave their life for our country. I, I named a few of them tonight. There are other things that, 
<clears throat> that's not the message, so I'm not going to go into that. But we do things. If you, if you appreciate your, your, Ameri- your freedom, if you appreciate the sacrifice made by, by soldiers who, who died on battlefields, if you, truly, if you truly appreciate what they did, then you will do certain things to honor them. And you don't need one day a year to do it. You do it every day. And if you truly love Jesus, and if you truly appreciate what he did, if you truly understand the cost, then you will dedicate your life to perpetuate his message. Jesus won't become something you do. He becomes everything you are. And your life is, is, is spent in pursuit of serving him. And you don't have to have a big, big fancy job and a big fancy title. And you don't have to have big houses and big cars. And you don't have to have five boats and six campers. And all you need is Jesus and him alone. Now again, I'm preaching to the choir. Almost literally, because I counted before we started. And we had almost as many people. So I'm almost, I'm almost literally preaching. To, but anyway, I know that I'm preaching to the, to the backbone of Berean Baptist Church. And I, I appreciate every one of you so much. And I certainly do, do not wish to imply that any of you are guilty of anything that, that, that would dishonor the Lord. Please understand that. But you know what? We need to remember, don't we? We need to, to remember. And if we, don't, if we don't remember, we're going to forget. I remember my day, the day I got saved, I said this earlier, I remember that as if it were yesterday. And that's one, there's a reason for that. That's because every day I relive that story in my mind. Every day I go back and remember when Jesus saved me. And I, I close my eyes and I, I remember walking, I can still walk out that little church and hear that bird in the tree over here and, and, and just look up at the sky and take a deep breath. And now some places you do that, you'll pass out. But I lived in the country, so it was nice and fresh air. And every, every morning I look at myself in the mirror and I, say, and I do this, I actually do. I look in the mirror and I say, remember what you were. And remember what God has done for you. Someone told me something a long time ago. They said, be nice to everyone because everyone's having a bad day. And I just remembered that. And I've carried that with me for these many years. Remember. Remind me. Remind me, dear Lord. Let's pray. Father, we're so forgetful. And the many wonderful things that you do for us, when something bad comes along, we, 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 for a little while, forget all about them. And we doubt, and we panic, and we fear, and we worry, and we fret. But we just need to, we just need to remember. We need to remember that you love us enough that you died for us, that you've given us your life, you've given us everything, And you've asked us, Lord, to 
to go out and just tell others about you. And that's, that's what we need to do. So I pray that as we contemplate the, these things that we would remember. That we would never forget the great gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. And that we would live our lives. That we would spend the rest of our life with you in the center. Serving you and serving one another in humility and with fear. Thank you, Lord, for all these things. Now we ask that you would bless this time we've had. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.